Good afternoon to all of you. It's nice to have all of you here that are in the house and then all of you that are online. Welcome to the service tonight. If you want to stand, we're fixing to sing about being anchored in Jesus. Aren't you happy to be anchored to something? <laughs> I tell you what, in times like these, it's wonderful to have a strong, sure anchor. Okay, up on life's boundless ocean where mighty billows roll. I fix my hope in Jesus, bless anchor of my soul. When trials fears assail me as storms are gathering o'er, I rest upon his mercy and trust him more.
seemed like I looked out there and there were not too many mouse moving. So I thought, well, maybe I picked one that we don't know real well. Okay, it does have a third verse that says, He is my friend and savior, in him my anchors cast. He drives away my sorrow and shields me from the blast. By faith I'm looking upward beyond I trouble see. There I behold a haven prepared for me. January events on the 14th. We have Youth Sunday night on the 23rd. There's a Ladies United Fellowship. Please sign up in the foyer. Those are the two big announcements. And all of you that were diamonds last year for Mother's Memorial, we will be announcing a date for your little tea party in January. Okay, for prayer tonight, let's continue to remember the Harrison family. My husband and I were over there several hours yesterday. And they really need the strength of God. It is a very desperate situation. So please keep the Harrison family in your prayers that God will strengthen them and that they will feel his presence near and peace and the comfort of the Holy Ghost. On the prayer list, there are also a J.C. Profer, Kathy Gillett, Letitia Moat and Brother Griffith, it says, has slipped a disc in his neck. Let's please pray for Brother Griffith. If any of you have ever had one, you know that can be very, very painful. Joe Ford is having a neck surgery, and Randall Clark. We all love Randall so much. That's the Clark's son. He has a very special unspoken request that he would like for us to take. Before the Lord, Sister Cindy Pinson's granddaughter, Nicole, is very sick with COVID. And Sister Vicki Jones' aunt was found unconscious today, and she's now on a ventilator. Her name is Grace. So let's pray for these people right now, and also those that are on the screen, that God will move in their in behalf of whatever their need is. Tonight, God, you see the Harrison family. We pray your strength. We pray your comfort. Pray that they will feel your presence, dear, during this time of making some very heavy decisions. We pray healing, Sister Vicky's aunt's body. 
Pray for Sister Cindy Pinson's granddaughter, Randall Clark, whatever his special unspoken need is, you know. You see Brother Griffith's need tonight of a healing touch in his neck. Latasha Motes that has cancer, Kathy Gillette that has cancer. We pray God healing in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Will some of you come forward and let's pray special strength in Sister Vicky's life. In the name of Jesus, God, we pray your strength. Sister Vicky's life, we're believing for healing, for healing in her aunt's body. Oh, you are the healer. You are the healer of our diseases. You are the forgiver of our iniquities. You crown us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for everything that you are, everything that you have been. Oh, are we in Oh, in the name of Jesus. Touch me. Touch me and 
a special request. There's a, a Karen Reed. She has cancer, and her husband is a priest at a church here in Paris. So can we take Karen before the throne of God right now? Oh, in Jesus' name. receive the offering and meanwhile somebody may want to go back there and check on the husband in his office we were at a funeral all day today <laughs> we just got home about an hour ago so somebody may go check on him see if he's passed out or fallen asleep or something <clears throat> this is one of my very favorite songs started the new year off rather unusual, a funeral Monday night at 6 o'clock, then another one today. So thank God that there's going to be a day of where we're reunited. You guys may go ahead and receive the offering. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. The song talks about what a day that will be, and it is going to be a very, very, very wonderful day. face. 
Forgive me for just getting caught up and trying to make this lesson valuable and worthwhile, etc. I am totally committed, and unfortunately, sometimes I, I get lost off in trying to make sure that there is adequate bread, also meat, and spirit. It is one of the greatest opportunities to be a minister. It is one of the most uncomfortable opportunities to be a spiritual minister. When you look at people and you know, particularly when they are supporting you financially, and supporting the local church with such helps. There's just a responsibility that goes along with that that you just don't take casually. And so as we're approaching the final stages of the church age, it is without question that men must truly bring bread light, spirit, and understanding. And so those are critical issues. I cannot thank you enough for the many things you've done. This past Sunday was one of the greatest uh, communion services. I saw people that were so invaded with the 
liberty that was produced as we took the communion cup and of course that excites any pastor tonight I would like for us to look into some elements that would help us with our purpose and the passion that hopefully will burn into a new year as far as this world. It's just another day for us. But a new year for most people, they're looking at it in that setting and they have a basic hope. But the basics of hope is not, what should I say, uh, ratified or corroborated in any way with a lot of other things when you don't have the true vision. And I, I want to address that again tonight as we move into the Word of God because I think most people use the term vision as uh, what they really want. And uh, that is a dream. That's a desire. But a vision is how far one can see well without stumbling over today. Uh, when you're riding down the road, uh, it, it's not so much what you're running over right then. It's what you're looking at out there. But it's also where you're going is the biggest part. So mentally, you see the stop signs, the other things that you have to have a turn here, slow down here. And so with a true vision, you can coordinate your activities most of the time without having a wreck or getting up in somebody's yard. You see what I mean? And so a vision is not just a matter of saying, I want to go to heaven. That's the dream. That's the hope. I want to go to heaven. But the vision entails what I see now, who I am now, who I want to be, and how I can be that wannabe. And so it, it, it's a whole lot more than just saying, well, I belong to a local assembly. No. The body, Bible clearly if the whole body were a hand or an ear, you wouldn't have everything. And so we are many members, and some over here hear the word, and then they put the word into practice and help brothers and sisters. And that's called the church or the body of Christ. And so it's a whole lot bigger than, and that's why I have tried the last three years to tell us this is not the church. We don't go to the church. We go to a building where the church gathers to bring in multiplicity of wisdom, knowledge, understanding because as you see somebody over here in victory and you're in need, your faith rises because you know they've been through hell themselves. And then you know, I can get through hell. Or I can go through torment. So the vision is this. If I'm in a place 
where I am being tried, I know that I can come through. So uh, in order to try to expedite all of this, because, uh, and I'm sorry I did, I just, I just got so caught up in what I was doing, the clock just, uh, y'all turned it up faster, I just really slowed down. So let, let's look at, 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 at a little bit of uh, <clears throat> the beginning of this whole operation. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Now, I tried to put it up here so that we can understand throughout everything that this world is on fire. The Bible clearly makes that uh, understanding. And this whole world is on fire. And it's creeping in to religious settings in which fear and unbelief is crippling the mind of the hopers. We hope that we can make it. And the Bible says we're saved by that hope. But that hope is fading in many circles and homes where it used to be so easy to shout, so easy to please God with the dance, with the hand clapping and the shouting aloud unto the Lord. And, and so what's happened is the paralysis of this whole thing is we, we want somebody to turn the knob for us. Nobody can do that. Only I can open the door wide enough to get him in here. Only my heart and hunger can bring him out of the heavens. The flip side over here on this side is there is a hope because we know that he did in fact create the heaven and the earth and all that is therein. So let's look a little further. All things were made by him and without him, God. Somebody say God. Was not anything made that was made. In God was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shineth in darkness. So you're not the first crowd that's had darkness. Mentally, Spiritually, is way back yonder. It's been happening forever. Somebody said, man, I'll tell you what, this is some bad thing we're going through. They've been through hell. Way back yonder in the Old Testament. They've been going through all kind of trials. Way back yonder. This is not the first generation. What he did say, evil men will wax worse and worse. Or another, they will show their idiocy or their lack of understanding or their lack of peace or their lack of joy or their lack of power. And they will try to do things in a manner that it looks godly, but they're weak and they're faint. The Bible calls it. They get faint in their heart. And the word faint there obviously tells us weakness. 
So the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a what? A witness. That's what they have on the stand at the judgment downtown at the courtroom. We've got to have a witness. Were you there? Did you see it? How do you know it? <coughs> I'll tell you how I know it. He's helped me many times when I was so weak I couldn't get there. I'll tell you, there were times I didn't have one cat, uh, one thing to understand about it. And in prayer or going through a trial, I come out of that trial and I realized suddenly, man, he is super God. He is not only available, he will share with you the wisdom that the world can't experience because they don't have the spirit in them. They go to church. They're nice people. There's a bunch of nice people in our city that don't have the Holy Ghost. And they're expecting to get out of a grave on a hope. This same spirit shall quicken your mortal body. It's not hard to catch that. That's not some, you don't have to have some Jewish uh, calendar or some uh, Hebrew uh, understanding. It's written in the book. This same spirit shall quicken your mortal body and you shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, as long as you continue to keep the faith and you keep renewing that spirit daily. It's not a one-time shot. You don't just go get an injection and hope this lasts for a month. No. He says, when you get up in the morning, pray. Praise the Lord. Stir up the gift. Otherwise, if you're not careful, the sun's not shining and the fish aren't biting and, 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 the, and the paycheck's a little weak this week. We, we, we get this feeling, this fuzzy feeling, like I'm going under and I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. Yes, you're going to make it. He is the one that gave you the first breath. He's the one that's going to give you the wisdom. He's the one that's going to give you the, all the spiritual energy you need. And that's why the nine fruit of the Spirit must live in our lives. If we are going to have the superlative and the supernatural happening for our kids and our community and our world, we're going to have to take advantage of this light stuff. That's the true light that lighteth up the world. And John was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. So John 4, 24 said, God is a spirit. You don't have to argue with anybody about the Trinity concept that most people are grabbing hold of. This last two years has been some of the best of my life because I, God has given me some really great understanding. The word Father, I've tried to share that as many times as I dare in the last few months because Father is source. That's not a human. That's why I put it up here. God is a spirit, John 4, 24. He's not a human. Jesus was, and the Bible plainly declares both. How in the world would we let somebody give us some tripped up 
concept of a God that calls himself a spirit. He identifies it in a book, and the people watched and uh, linked up with him. It's phenomenal. And they said, this same spirit shall quicken your mortal body. So Christ in you, the hope of glory, is the spirit called the Holy Ghost of Jesus Christ. God was in Christ. What's this personal statement? I used it last Wednesday night. God was in Christ reconciling the world, not to themselves, to himself. There is no plurality there. That is phenomenal. So we, looking up, we realize when I can look up and I have a personal witness, now the word, and I have a personal witness that's deeper than that, now the spirit, and I am able to communicate with the invisible possibles instead of the impossibles carrying me down and worrying me about if I can help save my kids, if I can help save my neighbor, if we can help get this economy going again. Let me tell you something. He said evil men are going to wax worse and worse, but the church is going to grow stronger, and because of darkness settling in, the light is going to become more plausible and powerful, and men are going to get hungry, and that's what the book of Joel is talking about. In that day, it it will be more than average. So we've got to experience this darkness covering the face of the earth or we've got to experience what Jonah experienced in the belly of hell. I'm a whale. I said it on purpose. He wanted you to know there's some places in life where only God can live and nobody else can live there. Nobody else could have lived in the belly of the whale. But God had sent a man called Jonah into the innermost part of a pitiful situation and in the middle of that situation the man got the revelation I've got a God that is able I've got a God that can do and all of a sudden he comes in and tears things up and gives reasonable life to the perishing that's what the church is all about. It's not about going to church and being able to shout over, well, I I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. That ought to be happening. That ought to be a thrill to be able to have a week and know that nothing took me out. Nothing robbed my joy. Nothing robbed my peace. Nothing robbed my sanity about my relationship with God. I am in Christ Jesus, a new creation. I am not of this world. I don't belong to this world. I don't try to act like this world. I don't try to dress like this world. I am in Christ new Jesus, a new creation. Creation. When I have watched people, and I am, I'm, I'm not going to try to cover up it. I have seen far too many people think they can dress themselves into holiness. You can't do it. Holiness is God so in you that you become a light even to yourself. Discipline is the key, and. The whole concept of dressing right, 
are dressing ladies like a lady and men like a man, and doing that is an identity of discipline. I discipline myself, make sure nobody has any doubt about my thoughts about myself. I am a lady. I'm going to live like a lady. I'm going to talk like a lady. I'm going to behave like a lady. And I am a man, and I am going to behave with the responsibilities of a man and the integrity of a man and the power of a man. The head of the house. That word head simply means responsibility. God is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of the church. And the man is the head of the home. That don't mean boss. It means responsible party. And so we have his mind on paper. He is responsible for the book. He is also responsible for providing spiritual helps. He is also responsible for providing a brother or a sister that the Bible uses the term to find help in the time of need. Sometimes you look around and your brother or sister is lagging and you don't say, where in the world are you been? I guess you just decided you don't need to go to church. No, that's not the way we treat somebody that's been missing church. We go to them in the spirit of meekness and fear. Lest we make them feel inferior because that they have been missing and we are looking down on them. No, 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 no. You go to them in the spirit of meekness and fear. And you say, man, I know one thing. You bless so many people. And I know the enemy would like to really knock you out of being a part of the church because you actually help make the church the church. I have heard way too many people go to somebody that's been missing church That's not the way we behave. We call them up if we're really concerned about them and say, man, you know what? You're, a re- you're an integral part of my life, and you're going to feel awkward doing it now, but if, if you have to just say it, say, hey, look, man, Brother Meyer told me the other night that we have got to get this thing rolling, and we've got to show brotherly love, and we've got to make sure that each of us are partners with each other and that we fight the same good fight of faith we walk through each other's disappointments we walk through their appointments and we want you to know man I'm telling you I got jacked up and I'm not going to let you down anymore so big deal so the banker tells you man you're losing your money go put it somewhere else don't be so nosing around in my business whose business is it if he's got your money you ought to be careful and when God's business is saving our soul and he sends a preacher to help us to identify all of this stuff 
He's not mad at us. He's preaching to us to get us so cohesive and so integrally important to each other that the world looks at that and says, my God, those people, you can't get them to do this. You can't get them to break loose and do this. They are so committed to each other. They are so committed just as the hand is to the foot, just as the foot is to the body, just as the tongue is to the whole show. Now, I don't want you running the aisles, but it wouldn't hurt if you just like, you know, we are here on purpose and we have made our mind up. We are going to build this building and keep this building good, but we're not going to do it to think that because we've got a beautiful building that we're going to attract people to get the Holy Ghost and to get them filled with the fire and the wisdom of God. No, no, no. They are. We are living epistles. This church house was born in a stable. The gurus had the big cathedrals. And if you remember anything about all that, Jesus came in and started knocking their toys off of the shelf. He took and whipped into the chamber. I don't think that we need to have to worry about a whip. But if he has to come and take a voice and really get a hold of us and to get our eyes focused on one thing and that is the power of God unto salvation and the power of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost and no weapon formed can stop righteousness and peace and joy. When a person is enjoying life, I'm telling you, you'll shoot them if they try to rob you of your children or if you rob, if they want to rob you of your home and rob you of your car and they're not going to rob my Jesus. They're not going to take the bloodline away. I am going to preach the blood, the name, the power and the glory of God and we've got a witness John bore witness and John said God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We do not have the privilege of changing the word. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. If any man, somebody say prayer. Prayer is one of the greatest openings to a new day that will open the door and give us all the wealth, wisdom, knowledge, and spiritual energy. All that ever came before me are thieves, robbers, and the sheep did not hear them. I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. 
In other words, there is in the house of God the thrill, the word, and the joy. But my sheep go in and out. They go out into the night. They go out into the depleted minds and hearts of a starving America. They go out there and they begin to company with them. See, we went through an age, and, and it's still right, company not with fornicators, company not with idolaters, that company with them. But will Jesus showed us the real picture. He came, and guess what he said? He became sin who knew no sin that we through him might become. He, he uses some careful ver verbiage there. Might become. And so his hand is out. His heart goes out. His wisdom bleeds out. His wisdom is in the blood, in the name. And the blood is in the bloodline of Jesus Christ. And so we, we don't just pile up with people that, that already understand the way you dress and the way you talk and all of that. No, no, no. You got to get out there with those people in jail or something. Now, boy, that's a different picture, isn't it? And, and it pulls on you because you've got something they want. And when you start draining it out of yourself into their life and they don't respond quickly, you wonder if you're doing any good. And that is one of the biggest areas that the local church takes uh, or gets and becomes so worn out with trying to help people and they don't seem to want help. And so in that, we have got to live at that optimum level of righteousness, peace, and joy. And when they see people that go to church and say, you really ought to be a part of our church, and they don't look any more excited about life than the guy over there that's a whoremonger or adulteress or whatever. And, and, and they're, they're no more happy than them. And you remember what I said about three months ago about Brother Dehart putting all that, follow the happy people to church on all the buses? How many buses did they have back then? I think it was four. Come where the happy people are. That was one of the greatest times in, in the life of us. And we will never forget those moments when those buses were running. And, and man, those kids would get off. And I still run into them. And they found out I'm the pastor over here where they used to ride the bus to. And they said, you know, Brother Meyer, I rode a bus to that church years ago. They can't forget light. They can't forget joy. They can't forget peace. 
They can't forget it. That's why we keep a Sunday school running and live and all of that effort in there. Brother Ronnie, Sister, jo uh, Sister Joanne, and all the others that have worked through there and all of our wonderful Sunday school teachers. Let me tell you something. Keep the light on. Hug them young'uns when they walk in there and say, we are so glad to happy and happy that you're here. And let me tell you, in the hallway, instead of getting tied up talking about fishing and ball games, when somebody new comes in, break loose from one another. We can get back together later. And let's get over there and hug them and say, hey, look, man, we are so glad you're here. We are thrilled because you would make a really good example in this world. And we will be glad to do anything we can to help make your life greater so you can make our city greater and you can make our school system greater and you can make our business case, uh, greater. We are just going to be greater because why? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I want the love of God in me. I want the love of God in this house. I want us to understand we are in this building for one reason, and that's to elevate him and to encourage others and to bless others, and then we can go do the fishing and all the other stuff somewhere else. But here we ought to make this the house of God and it ought to be continual telling people man this week I tell you what I got a burden for old so and so and I'd like for you to join me with that burden because he knows you and if you and me get together and start pleading the blood of Jesus angels are going to show up at his house and the powers of God are going to show up in his world and he's going to start looking and he's going to say mama we got to get to that house there's bread over there. There's wisdom over there. There's knowledge over there. There's strength over there. There's power over there. And they are some kind of joyful people. You can't find them discouraged and down and out. They are shouting and dancing all day over at that church. We ought not to have to prime it up to do what that psalmist said. Praise his name in a dance praise his name. It's not a wait until you get a spirit of it. It's a deciding to use the spirit you got to do it. You say, Pastor, you must really be upset. I'm not upset at all. I'm set up. I love the fire out of y'all. But you see, the enemy is trying once again to do what he did in Eden. Abuse just a little bit. Love is not a feeling. Love can create a feeling. God is love. And he sends his spirit through the word to give you and me Come unto me. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And the Word became flesh. So if I've got Jesus on the inside of me, that is a whole lot different deal than being a Pentecostal. I know many Pentecostals across the world that talk in tongues. And that's why you got to go to the First Corinthians 13 
and find out just talking in tongues don't get it done. Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels and have not charity or love, I am a sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. And I'm hearing people that have read the book, love not the world, neither the things in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. What? Am I preaching? I'm not here to entertain. I am here to entertain him so he can entertain all of us and bring us to this tremendous revival. I'm not willing that any should perish. I'm not willing that the United Pentecostal Church of Paris, Texas forfeit their rights to this end time revival. I'm not willing that any other preacher just because he don't preach like I do and because he don't do everything like I do it. If he's got as much a God of this sort as we have of this sort, we've all just got a little piece of the pie. I want the whole show. I'm not interested in having a little bit of God. I want all he's got. I want every promise in that book to start shining uh, and, a big, uh, and moving uh, into the revelation, uh, revelation uh, of the fullness of the mighty God. I'm not, I'm not full enough yet. I want to see people pass in this place uh, and a Holy Ghost just be flowing out of here. Nobody sees it. They just look over here and know some of y'all and there's a spirit moving out of here and the, just like the sunshine, it makes the trees grow there's not a one of you that I don't care about but neither is there one outside this church that I don't care about I've seen too many kids living on that left side of that picture they're living in hell their homes are burning the world is in trouble and I'm not willing for them to go to hell just because they won't come to this house. Go ye into all the world. Go ye into all the world. Go ye into all the world. Go ye into the highways and the byways and compel them to come in. Don't let them leave it out there in agony and feelings that nobody loves them. I am coming to us tonight because there is such a heart of God that is reaching into America. It's not just Paris. It's not just Lamar County. I am talking to pastoral friends and evangelists. They are they're grouping up in their spirit right now. We've got to set this place ablaze again. They've got to hear about our prayer meetings. Wasn't it something that the college has led in the idea of prayer rooms and all the prayer meetings all of a sudden? Wouldn't it be something if there were cars here every day with somebody in the house of God turning a pair an eye toward heaven and then looking out into the world and throwing out a few voice messages I would hate to think that I ever sent more messages out about a football player than I did about what Jesus is doing in my marriage 
say, Pastor, you're really upset. No, I am tired of hell trying to bomb us and cause us to feel like that we are some insubordinate people because that we don't have the biggest church group in town. That's not it. There was only a 12 group that set the world on fire. And one of them was pitiful. And as you know, I told you this week before last, the other one was a little bit, you know, Simon Peter, he lacked some. The thief cometh not but to steal and kill and destroy. Can I tell you that the thief is not worried about the sinners? Could I tell you that the thief is not worried about all that stuff? No. Devil's not working on that. You know who the devil's working on? Pastor Meyer. You know who the devil wants to tame and tie his tongue and get other people to think, well, you know, they don't want to hear about what I got to say. There's people out there dehydrating. Their spirit is so low, they're willing to almost forfeit life because life don't mean that much to them. But those of us who have tasted real life, joy, peace, and righteousness, that's, that's a big deal. I wish we'd just stop right now. I, I may, not pre, you know, may not get to finish preaching this or teaching it. I wish we'd just pray one for another. Husband for your wife, wife for your husband, children, whoever. Just pray one for another. That's what the book says. I'm not talking about just vocal statements that sound like it. I'm talking about way down in our heart, pray for each other. don't we just praise him for the opportunity thank you Jesus thank you Jesus we are going out of here on a trail to the world with a heart filled with fire a mind filled with the wisdom of God we're going out into the highways and the byways and the hedges 
we are going to take your bread to the people. We're going to take this wine to the people. We are going to take the glory to the people. We are not just going to come here and enjoy it. We're going to provoke one another to good works. We're going to challenge one another to do better than we've ever done this coming year. As we move into this year, we are going to repeat the book of Acts. Highways, byways, buses, carloads. We're not going to feast and let the world be lost. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I hope you feel the passion. I hope you feel and sense what's going on in my heart right now. And all this did I leave my little clicker. <laughs> he that is a hireling, he's looking at the preacher right now, the hireling. Preacher, do you just preach for money? Do you just preach to appease the people? Preacher, do you just try to get a crowd so you can be exalted he that is a hireling and not the shepherd whose own the sheep are not seeth the wolf coming and don't preach enough to keep the sheep shielded that's what that means to Pastor Meyer but he flees I can't tell you how many times that he's tried to talk me out of staying here. And not just not staying here, but to don't preach hard. Just sort of pat him on the back. He's a liar. God wants you, sir, to be a man with a backbone and with a voice like you know that you want. I've been a part of your life for a long time. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate that backbone. I've watched you stand in situations. I've watched most of you stand in situations. And we're not about to cave in right now. We're not about to be offended right now. If they want to come and they see enough light and they see enough joy and they see enough peace... They can't wait to get there to that oasis. But when the voice of the local assembly sounds like the voice of other assemblies, and some of them are more excited about their little programs than we are about a big God. Say, so Pastor, he's starting a rough year. No, we're moving into the best of the best. I am declaring that 2024 is going to bring about a revival, whether by many or by few, but we are going to set this city on fire with the passion of reaching the lost. The Lord God determined that we would have that knowledge and that power. What's 
the wise man, Ecclesiastes, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. When there is no spirit in it, it's vanity. When there is no passion to reach the lost, it is vanity. When there is no passion or purpose in the prayer, just bless me, Lord. Just bless me. No, no, no. God, give me wisdom. God, give me a pain. Uh, give me a seed of thought in my mind that will come to fruitfulness in my life, in my hands, in my my heart. And uh, one generation passeth away, and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. Forty years I've been here, and two more years I will complete a generation. Every generation in the Bible, if when you study the Bible, you see from generation to generation, typically it's 42 years. I'm not willing to finish two more years or finish my generation with just having a nice place to live, to raise my kids, to have a nice car. You have been so good to us. But I'm not willing that any should perish. Whatever I have to do these next 24 months, I have made up my mind. I am going to be the best fireball you've ever been around from the pulpit. It may not all be heavy in voltage as far as loud but I'm talking about purposeful living not just obliging the children when they come to the house we think nothing of sticking a needle in somebody that needs help we think nothing of penetrating their skin if a splinter needs to be removed we think nothing of pulling a tooth if it's messing up the whole system with poison in the bloodline. We think nothing of all of that. In this body of Christ, we are obliged by God first and then for ourselves to make a decision. I'm going to win a soul to Jesus Christ. If I have to run over 400 people to get to that one soul, I'm going to find that hungry man, that hungry lady, those hungry children, and I'm going to get them in my car, and I'm going to bring them to the church where there's wonderful teachers and there's wonderful prayer warriors. And when people walk in the church, they don't see people talking about this, that, and the other. The prayer room is filled with passion. God, send revival. Oh, God. And when they feel the 
power coming out of that prayer room because of people praying and travailing in the Holy Ghost, they're going to know I'm not into something routine. I am in touch with another world because I felt the spirit and the voice of the prayer warriors and they were travailing in the Holy Ghost. I've never heard anything. They're too used to hearing people curse. They're used to hearing people damn one another, but they're not used to hearing people reach out in the Holy Ghost and pray in tongues and travail. God, give us a spirit of travail. One generation passeth away and another generation cometh, but the earth is forever. The sun also rises and the sun goeth down and hasteth to his place where he arose. The wind goeth toward the south and turneth about unto the north. It whirleth about continually and the wind return again according to his, what? Circuits. Ladies and gentlemen, do you remember what happened when the Holy Ghost came? It was a rushing mighty, say it again. The wind goeth to the north. The wind goeth to the south. When the Holy Ghost gets its operable level, it is going to blow away the hopelessness and the fear and all of the junk. And the church is just about to rise up in the local area and say, we're not willing that any should perish. Whatever we have to do, we're going to have meetings that when we go away, we've been with Jesus. We haven't just been with one another and had a good time and did a little jigging and a little dancing and all that. No, no, no. We did dance because that's the sacrifice of praise. We don't have to wait for some unction. We dance because he said, praise his name in the dance. Praise his name with a loud voice. We're not waiting on the crowds at the ball games to teach us how to praise somebody that's doing something. They got it from the upper room. They know if you, come on, go, go, go. Preach. Worship. Anybody want to do it? Go ahead, stand up, worship. It's okay, the angels are watching. The angels are prepared already to go to the distant areas. Praise his name with a loud voice. Cry unto the Lord with a loud voice. Oh, God, what a God, what a name, what an opportunity, what a joy. We're not going to stay much longer. You can be seated if you want to, but if you need to leave, please don't feel bad. I feel like I want to leave too. If this guy were out on the football field, didn't you play football? I thought you told me one time you did. If you were out there on the football field and every time you got the ball and you dropped it, do you think for one minute they'd keep you on the team? If I heard it, he said. How many of you know that this, the statement drop the ball has turned away from dropping the ball from dropping the need? 
He was supposed to be doing that, but he dropped the ball. He was supposed to go there, but he dropped the ball. You'll hear it all the time. They gave up. No. Those guys get hurt on the field, even on basketball courts. They get jabbed and sore, and they come away sore, and, and they go right back. Somebody goes to a local church in somewhere in the city, and somebody don't treat them right, and they, and they don't feel good about life, and, and, and they get sore. We're healers. Hey, don't let people mess you up. If somebody made you sore, you be their healer. You've got the power of Jesus to heal the brokenhearted mama. I've seen most of you mamas have a broken heart at one time or another. Basically, I'm trying to look around and make sure and see if I could find one that don't have or had never had a broken heart. I'm looking around at some dads who had some tough days. Life hadn't always been nice. Life hadn't always been fair. But they're in touch with God. And they may only make an inch. I've seen those old boys on uh, TV that had a football game going. And man, they'd stay in the same place three or four times. They'd get up and get knocked down. I see people sometimes go to church, they get knocked down, they never show back up. I mean, a lot of people, when preachers preaching this good, they say, Preach! Y'all are too great. I hope I got through. I wish we'd pray for our city right now. Would you stand and sacrifice as the pianist sings or plays? Would you find somebody in your mind that you could shed a tear for? And say, God, don't let them be lost. Give me wisdom. Give me a spirit of strength. Like a rushing mighty wind, move us. God, like a river. Do whatever you gotta do to this preacher. Don't let us have and empty like meetings. Consume us, Lord. Touch us and make us like you. Oh, like a rushing body, we move us. And like a river of joy, flow through us. And like a hot burning fire. Consume us, Lord. Touch us and make us like you. Oh, like a rushing mighty wind, move us. And like a river of joy, flow through us. And like a hot burning. 
testimony with a vagrant out there in your world dig up a testimony of why you really go to the house of God dig up a testimony of why that you really enjoy Christianity and share it you're not always that hip about them telling you about a football team or a baseball team that you don't even like. And they come up and say, man, let me tell you what happened on that. And we stand there and listen. And then if we're not careful, we go try to make sure and watch that team. See if they really got that two or three good guys. The church, the body of Christ. The evangelicals, the light of the world. I pray that we make up our mind at this first week. We are going to tell them about what Jesus is doing in our life. And if he's not doing anything in our life, I think we ought to certainly get to a prayer chamber and say, God, why am I not experiencing abundant life? And feel free if after that you need me to pray with you, my wife, we will pray with you. It is serious. It's forever. And I know that. And I will do whatever I can to stir us up to help a city that really needs an apostolic revival church. God bless you. Shake hands. Keep praying for Pastor and his wife and family. We have made up our mind. We're going to do everything we can 